السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته قال الله تبارك وتعالى في كتاب العزيز والفرقان الحميد بعد عوض بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فإذا عزمت فتوكل على الله إن الله يحب المتوكلين وقال تعالى في مقام آخر حكاية عن قصة الحجرة قال إذ يقول لصاحبه لا تحزن إن الله معنا صدق الله العلي العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الآخر فليكرم ضيفه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام وصدق رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم My dear respected brothers and elders, mothers and sisters, Alhamdulillah, it is a great blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed us to witness another new year in the Muslim calendar. And it is indeed only the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of which we're able to benefit from this new year in such a way that we are still Muslims. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Because it is only through the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we're able to do any good deeds. So when we're able to do something good, we should attribute its goodness and the ability to do that good to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we do that, inshallah, it is a way of gratitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you're grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you more ability, more tawfiq, right? So alhamdulillah, you know, one of the important things, there's so many things, subhanallah, that a Muslim needs to, you know, bring into their life in order to be successful. But one of the key components of being a Muslim is to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and trust Him. Trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a way that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam showed to us through His Example, right? So we emulate the Prophet ﷺ in how we're supposed to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the important things that happened in the Muslim history, which we should all know, is the journey of Hijrah. The journey of Hijrah. And we're talking about the Hijrah from Mecca to Medina. Because there were other hijrahs that happened before that, the hijrah in which the Prophet ﷺ did not take part, the hijrah to Abyssinia, right? So, but we're, here we're talking about the hijrah, the hijrah to Nabi ﷺ, the hijrah that was an obligation upon the Muslims. It was obligatory upon the Muslims to migrate to Medina, right? And the reason for which they were asked to migrate was not for wealth. 
not for comfort and luxury, right? Sometimes we, we think that when the Muslims went from Mecca to Medina, it was a bed of roses. Everything was awesome, perfect. There were no problems anymore. Rather, it's not like that at all. When the Muslims were going to Medina, they were going to a place where they did not know anything as to what's going to happen. It was an unknown future, right? They didn't know what will happen. How are they going to fend for themselves? How are they going to live there? What are they going to do about, you know, defending themselves as a nation? They had no idea of what's going to happen whatsoever. But in this case, they knew one thing, that this is a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah has told us to go to Medina, and the Prophet sallallahu has commanded us and informed us to go to Medina tul Munawwara, hence we're going to do it. So we're going to fulfill this command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the best of our ability. And again, there are similarities, subhanAllah, in the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam and the people who Allah talks about in the Qur'an, the people who are successful. We see this same thing happening in the life of Ibrahim alayhi salam. See, Ibrahim alayhi salam was, you know, Jaddul Anbiya. He's the grandfather of many, many prophets, right? And he is one of those prophets who was from amongst the first people who was asked to emigrate, who was asked to migrate, who was asked to leave their hometown and to go to an unknown future. And what did they have with them? The trust of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, he after, you know, he tried to convince his father and his Kabila and his nation and his people and they tried to put him in the fire and so on and so forth then he had to leave his town right and not once Ibrahim salam had to leave his town and go into an unknown land many times just upon the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so now the question could be like are we not supposed to prepare are we not supposed to plan? So we are, as Muslims, and I think this is what I spoke about last week, as Muslims, we are supposed to be the most meticulous in planning and organization and structure. When it comes to everything, from the time we get up in the morning till the time we sleep, we are supposed to be extremely meticulous about everything. And unfortunately, Muslims are the most laid back about everything. Right, when it comes to anything, right? That's why we are where we are. So we need to be meticulous when people misunderstand trust. Trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not mean not preparing. It does not mean not being meticulous, right? Trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means, like in the case of Sirah, Rasulullah sallallahu the Prophet ﷺ is being commanded to go to Medina to Munawwara. He could have said, this is the command of Allah, Allah wants me there, so I'm not going to plan anything. Right? 
I'm not going to plan anything. Allah wants me there. He'll take me there. So, he would have not appointed someone as a guide. He would have not asked Ali radiallahu anhu to sleep in, his, sleep in his place, right, in his room in Mecca, where the enemies of Prophet sallallahu were, you know, they had ambushed his house, wanting to, na'udhu billah, put, a, put an end to Rasulullah sallallahu He would have not, not asked Ali to be there. He would have not asked Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu to prepare two camels, right, filled with luggage and everything so that we can traverse the journey of Medina. He would have not taken a special path, the, you know, the, 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 the hijrah. If you go to Mecca, may Allah take all of us to Mecca, inshallah, and Medina. Say ameen. Right. He would have not taken a path which was difficult for people to follow. It was not the ordinary path. He took the path which was difficult, right? And the Prophet ﷺ used to do that. And this is the Prophet ﷺ's genius as a planner, right? As an army man, as a general, right? As a leader. So he, did not, he would not have done all of that. And most importantly, the Prophet ﷺ trusted Allah the most. There was no need for the Prophet to hide in the cave. What do you guys think? We conflate trust with planning. Trusting Allah does not mean don't plan. Just sleep all day. Don't do anything. Here is the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Rasulullah the one who trusts Allah the most to fulfill that command. And he knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants him in Medina. Did he not plan for it? He planned for each and every step of that journey. Every step. He told Abu Bakr to do what he had to do. He told Ali to do what he had to do. He told Asma anha to do what she had to do. He appointed someone who was an expert in showing how they have to traverse the mountains and the path which will take them to Medina. He did every single thing that was in his physical and intellectual ability to do. That is our job as a Muslim. We trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we're supposed to. The Prophet did not know what's going to happen in Medina. That was the trust. He didn't know what's coming forward in Medina. It's unknown. He doesn't know are the people going to... Everybody was not supporting the Muslims in Medina. There was a lot of people who were not actually. Right? There was Raisul Munafiqeen who was there. There were the Jews who were there. There were so many people who were there. But it was a command of Allah. So that's where the trust came in. But that trust did not mean that he didn't plan for the journey. Right? He planned for the journey. He did what he had to do to get there. So whatever Allah tells us to do as Muslims, He wants our lives to be successful. For, and for our lives to be successful, we have to do just like for our worldly life to be successful, we plan, right? We think about if you want to buy a house, we make sure that we are saving up to give the down payment. We make sure that we have 401ks. We make sure we have IRA accounts. We make sure we have stocks and bonds and whatever else. God knows what. To make sure that, you know, 
I can have something to lie back on. God forbid something happens. God forbid I get, you know, fired. God forbid, you know, I die. Who's going to take care of my family? We plan and it's good. We should plan. Right? We have to go on a vacation for two days, three days. We plan for months. Is that not right? So here we're talking about how can I be successful in my journey to the hereafter? Is that not important? If we want to be successful in the temporary life and we plan for it, we take expert opinion in making sure that whatever, you know, amenities and facilities and resources that we have are used in the proper way, right? We don't want to burn our fingers when we go into business. And if you burn our fingers once, we don't do it second time. But when it comes to religion, we take a step back to the point that we don't plan at all. It's not in our calendars. When is Muharram starting? What is Muharram about? Today is the 10th of Muharram. Should I fast? Wallahi, if the masjids did not announce that today is the 10th of Muharram, many of us would not know that is the 10th of Muharram today. We wouldn't even fast. If the Imam, we had announced him, do we have iftar today? Please, brothers, we have to fast. Oh, I have to fast. That's when we remember, right? So it's important as Muslims, we should also plan very meticulously about our akhirah, individually. And then for your family, then for your children, and then for your community and society and your nation and the entire world. Trust Allah subhanahu You don't know what's going to happen, but you should plan. We live in a country, we don't know what's going to happen 10 years from now. We don't know what's going to happen with the next person who's going to come in power. We don't know. Right? The way the world is going, we don't know what's the future of humanity. It's unknown. But we have to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not lose hope. That there's no hope for Islam anymore. No. That is not allowed for a Muslim. We have to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of this ummah. Inshallah. Say ameen. So that is trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But along with that trust, we have to plan. We have to invest in our masajid. We have to invest in our children. We have to invest in ourselves, in our time. To make sure I'm learning those things. I'm doing those things which will take me closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So the Prophet is showing us that through his example. And sometimes life will throw a curveball at you. And not once, not twice, all the time. Right? That's what life is all about. It'll throw a curve. You, you'll have this amazing plan that this is what you're going to do. Right? And you planned your year, let's say that I'm going to probably take this class and do this and do that. And boom, life throws a curveball at you and you know, you're not able to do that. So what do you do? You give up? No. You have to accommodate. You have to make change of plans and do what you have to do, but accommodate. Right? The hadith the Prophet ﷺ said, and there are many hadith like this, which help us understand how the Muslim worldview is supposed to be. 
The Prophet ﷺ said, Man kana Seems very simple hadith. It is very simple, right? Whoever believes in Allah and the Prophet ﷺ and the last day, they're going to take care of their guests. They're going to honor their guests. Now, what does this mean? How is this related anyway to what I am saying? So you have to kind of pull yourself back in time a little bit. We're talking about 14th century Arabia. The Prophet ﷺ is saying this to the Sahaba. And he's saying what? Take care of your guests. And guests at that time, they would not send you a WhatsApp message, by the way. They would not put, you know, schedule. They were not able to schedule on your calendar. They were not able to tell you that they're coming. Right? There was no planning. Right? So they would just come unannounced. All of a sudden, they would just show up. Right? Ali radiallahu anhu would go in the haram and see who's there and will take care of them. People would come like that. This is the sunnah of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Right? He would do this. People would come and announce. So it was part of the Muslim civilization to accommodate people when they come unannounced. We take care of them. We honor them. We respect them. We feed them. Whatever we have. Right? God forbid if a guest come today to our door, we will look from the keyholes. Oh my God, this guy is here. Close the lights. <laughs> right? Close the lights. Tell Alexa to close the lights so they don't hear a click, probably. <laughs> That's the reality. Right? Because there's no tawakkul. There's no trust in Allah. That Allah sent this person to my door. I'll just give him water. I'll make him sit down, probably, for a little bit. That's what he needs. That's what she needs. That's what it means. To having trust in Allah. So there will be many times. Now, as I'm saying, having trust in Allah does not mean don't plan. You have to plan. But along with your planning, life is all about curveballs. Life is all about problems. Life is all about things which will come upon you unannounced. And you have to be ready for them. Sometimes, Allah forbid, someone in your family will pass away. Right? So you can be sad. But a Muslim does not go into the point of depression that he's not able to carry himself back up again. That's against Islam, the, you know, the, the Islamic worldview. Right? You're supposed to carry yourself back up again. Yes, you can go for counseling, you can do grieving, and all of that is allowed. But the idea is the Muslim gets back up again. So as an ummah, as a community, I feel like sometimes we feel like giving up on uh, on trying to be Muslim. We give up on trying to show Islam to the rest of the world. Because of the times we're living in. Because of the century we're living in. But we should not. That's not our job. That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's job. We should trust Allah and do what we have to do. Individually. We have to care about ourselves. What am I doing to make myself successful in the eyes of Allah. That's what I need to care about on a micro level. And for the macro level, what can we do for the whole world to change the whole world? Make dua. That's our job. Make dua for the entire ummah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us, guide us, protect us, inspire us, take us all to the straight path, inshallah. Right? 
So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gave us this new year, a new opportunity, right? Muharram, the 10th of Muharram. Read about the story of Hijrah. Read about the story of Musa alayhi salam. Read about the story of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Read about the stories of all the prophets alayhi salatu salam which are in the Quran and the Sunnah. And let's learn from them. And let's change this year in such a way that we're not just talking about worldly success anymore, but this year onwards until I die, inshallah, I'm going to also plan for my akhirah. Very meticulously, inshallah. Will everyone try to do that, inshallah? May Allah give us tawfiq, inshallah. Akhir da'wah, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Inshallah, we'll have a few minutes for sunnah. Jazakumullah khair.